Hey, what's lefty? going on? Hey, Lefty. Hey, Lefty, what you say? Welcome in, Notre Dame fans. This is The Slant right here on the Lucky Lefty Podcast. I am your guy, Sean Davis at SD2 Mics. That guy right there, the original, original Lucky Lefty himself, Malik Zaire at Overtime Malik. We are brought to you by Onora Whiskey. Go to onorawhiskey.com. That premium American whiskey. No matter what situation, you know, you need something to sip on as you watch Notre Dame battle each and every weekend. Get some of the Onora whiskey. If you're out on a nice little date or you invite a nice lady over for dinner, oh. have some of that Onora whiskey ready and waiting to sip on. If you, if you go to a cigar bar, guess what you need to have? You need right. to have some of that Onora whiskey to sip on as you smoke a nice. Cohiba, you know what I mean? Nice Cohiba. Nice, nice. So, of course, Notre Dame, big win, much expected. They pretty much dominated USC. Forget the scoreboard. They just had full control of the game from start to finish. So we come out of that game, and we start to prepare for North Carolina. Similar offense, explosive, wide open. They love to throw the ball. They lost – was something like 2,500 yards on the ground to the NFL last year yeah. and their running backs. So their running backs this year are very young, young offensive line. We'll get more in depth with that as we preview the matchup with North Carolina later in the week. The slant we want to take coming off of USC, coming from Brian Kelly's press conference on yesterday, he has some interesting things to say. Uh, one of the things he touched on was definitely how pleased he was and continues to be with the offensive line, but especially the way they adjusted on the fly against USC. Yeah, I think I think what I was most pleased with is, first of all, you're gaining some continuity, right, on the offensive line where, where essentially that left side is, is, is working together now, which, you know, helps the entire group five working together. What they really did well is, as I mentioned just before, I, I answered some of your questions was that uh, USC came out in three down <laughs> they hadn't played three down all year and 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 then obviously implementing a scheme you know in a three five three that's a lot of identification that's a lot of communication that's a lot of work up front I I thought the adjustments that they made in game um, were really outstanding uh, they picked up things um, as the game went on you know there's some things that you know, we'll need to clean up on. But I think that that's what stands out to me more than anything else is their ability to make the in-game adjustments uh, and work really well together. And the communication was outstanding. Yo, so Brian Kelly talking about his offensive line and how USC tried to confuse them by coming out in the front that they haven't used all season. So there was no tape on a three-man front from which, you know, I understand them doing that because, as we said before, they were very light on the defensive line. And we talked about how Notre Dame could be physical and push them around. So they tried to get a even more faster and add another linebacker slash rover safety, you know, right there in the 3-5-3 three, three, and give them an opportunity to be able to combat what Notre Dame is able to do in the pass game. The only difference is there's really no way for them to apply pressure. They don't apply pressure with four-man front. So coming with the three-man front, they tried to bring confusion. And to be honest, 
Notre Dame has plenty of tape from the first half of the season that shows that their offensive line can be confused by stunts and blitzes. I mean, just go to the Cincinnati game. Cincinnati is a totally different beast when it comes to the talent and the continuity when their defense, because Marcus Freeman is the architect of that defense, so he left them in good standing before coming to Notre Dame. But when Brian Kelly talks about that, this is what's interesting, because about two hours ago, true freshman Blake Fisher sent out a tweet saying, real soon, with a bullseye, meaning he's close to coming back. So the continuity with the five that he has, once Blake Fisher comes back, where do you put him? Where, where? Because I mean, I know immediately where I'm, what I'm thinking about because I know the weak link along that offensive line till this day, the moment. So I know where I would put him, but I'm just very interested in seeing would you ex, would you actually move Joe Alt, who possibly has been your best offensive lineman in the last three games, from left tackle to reinsert Blake Fisher. Selfishly, yeah, because you know that you got something bona fide over there with Blake. I think having the first three games is something that's really good for what the situation is needed. But if we can replace that with the same, if if not a better effort, then I think his ability to be able to transition and play different spots could be helpful in other places. But uh, to have two in the same position that are that could be considered the strongest on the offensive line, it'd be nice to balance it out. I don't think you want to start if you bring Blake back, start him off on a different side of the football than what he came in doing, just because that would just throw off the rhythm. You talk about that natural flow. Let him get back in the shape where he was, you know, making some plays at, learning and adjusting. Don't throw him off too much by putting him in a different spot. So let's look at this. The left side has been – the left side is pretty much what Notre Dame decided. We're going to run behind our left side, which – has pretty much been what Notre Dame's done over the past 10 years. Like the left side of the offensive line has been our strength, especially in the running game. So they've chosen to go behind the two youngsters, Joe Alt and Andrew Christoffi. Now you have Jared Patterson there at center. They're doing a much better job, as Brian Kelly talked about in his post-game press conference of the USC game, that the work that Andrew Christoffi and Jared Patterson did with communication on who was going to get to the second level on what particular run play was fantastic in that game. So you don't want to mess with that continuity that already exists because you think, hey, they're going to continue to get better. So if Blake Fisher comes back, he was uh, known as a guard, which is why it was surprising that he was moved to left tackle as a true freshman, but he proved to be athletic enough to get the job done. What you're saying is possibly move him to the right side which, you're, without saying it, you're saying it, the same thing that I would say, which is, yeah, go ahead and get Kane Madden up out of there. <laughs> get him up out of there, put Blake Fisher at right guard, or at least have a platoon system. Right. Because you don't want to just throw him in there because I'm sure he's going to be winded. He's not ready to go 70, 80 snaps. So let Madden have a couple of series and bring Blake in for a couple of series. And work it like that until, you know, you know, Blake. Yeah, Blake Fisher for for Kane Madden. If he gets playing time or gets reps, it's pretty much like Thanos, the inevitable. Like it's 
he's taking the job. He's taking that job. Yeah, he's taking that job. Taking so, that job. and you have to be happy if you get Lug at right tackle, Blake Fisher at right guard, Patterson at center, and then Joe Alden Kostopic on the left side. That that's pretty good, not only this year, but going into next year as well. Yeah, I mean, I think that the rhythm and what they've gotten and the things that they've been able to manage amongst filling in spots for the spots needed is only going to make us better throughout the, the progression of these guys, young guys' careers. Yeah. And for that to be getting better through the, each game as it compared to season by season, it just shows that those may be the, the next up-and-coming guys that start the trend of getting it back rolling and being a dominant offensive line. And I think uh, – all it takes is a couple guys to set it off. I think Blake Fisher coming in at the right time. You know, I think this is the right time to get in that mix of building the continuity between all the other guys because at this point they probably got more comfortable with each other to where now they can assist him in a better way than than growing going through the growing pains together. So coming off of that, we hope to see a continued development of the offensive line going into North Carolina as they face off against the Tar Heels. Once again, it's going to be Liddy. The lights will be up Saturday night, Notre Dame Stadium, as the Tar Heels come in. Kickoff will be about, what, 7.35 Eastern time, 6.35 Central. Of course, as we call it, our network. Like, we don't even give it the call. No – we're not about to mention the three call letters. It's it's our network. It is. It's the only one, too, because nobody else even has something exclusive like this. All right. So now we know the injury. Uh, pinched pads, nerve, and the right knee for Kyle Hamilton. Um, after the game, Brian Kelly thought no structural damage. He should be ready to go right. next week. That's what he said. He came back in his press conference uh, on Monday and said, you know what, Kyle Hamilton is going to be out. So now we gave kudos to Marcus Freeman being able to adjust on the fly, losing a chess piece like Kyle Hamilton in the plans that he wanted or had orchestrated leading up to the USC game to combat Drake London, Keaton Slovis, and the rest of the Trojan offense. So now with Sam Howell, pretty good quarterback, preseason Heisman candidate, hasn't been – their offense has not been as impressive as anticipated. They've struggled. You know, inconsistency just like other offenses and just like USC at the most inopportune time. They just come up with a turnover or a penalty to sell them back and put them – so this is, like I said, Notre Dame is about to face teams that they can be defensively get really comfortable with as far as yeah. how they're going to scheme and approach them. So coming into that, uh, Kyle Hamilton is going to be out. And, you know, before we get into how Marcus Freeman might orchestrate the game plan going into North Carolina to tease the preview show we have coming up, let's listen to uh, the injury update right here. But not only Kyle Hamilton, but Chris Tyree as well, who was a game-time decision against USC, but didn't suit up. Uh, Hamilton uh, will be out this week. Um... He'll get further testing and see where he is, um, you know, later this week. Um, we don't think it's a long-term situation, but he, he's, he's out this week. Um, as it relates to uh, Chris Tyree, um, 
that was a game time decision. You know, he's he's moving well. We're we're optimistic that he'll be back this week. Yo, that means when you know you hear that we don't think it's a long term issue. What he's saying is his knee is really barking right now, and it's swollen, and it's uh, swollen a little more than we thought because there is no structural damage. So we're going to give him an opportunity to feel comfortable, allow the swelling to come down, and we don't really want to force him back. And this is a, that's coach talk. They believe they can beat North Carolina without Kyle Hamilton. All right, if Kyle Hamilton was needed, if this was like Alabama, Ohio State, he would have come out on Monday and said, "Man, you know, we're going to continue to test and you know work." Hey, out he's, a, he's a fighter. He's good. He's yeah, 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 yeah. We, but, we know we know we can beat North Carolina without fourteen. You know why? Because you remember last year, Cal went out with a targeting call early in the second quarter. He missed the entire second half. Houston Griffith had to come in, and DJ Brown both came in and played admirable football. And that's credit to those guys. You know, yeah. Coach Kelly wouldn't feel comfortable even allowing Kyle to take more time off if it wasn't due to the fact that he feels like those guys can do good enough, you know, at least to hold over. Or the fact that, you know, he knows that North Carolina on their best day and our best day, we will come out usually on top. So, a lot of this is where it comes back to recruiting and why you keep always recruiting throughout the season. It's because it's good to see that um, from a from a recruit looking at it as, okay, they're not just going to make him play. If he's not healthy, they're going to let other guys get in and we can grow the team. Now, one of the other things that stood out in some of the post game, you know, they show the highlights. And, you know, if you go to the Notre Dame website or the YouTube page, they give you some things, some mic'd up things on the sideline. One of the funniest things was uh, the sideline after Bo Bauer got caught and all the razzing he took from his teammates. His, def <laughs> his defensive comrades were like, bro, you cannot get tackled by the quarterback. That's yeah. not, not the quarterback. You, you don't run all that way and get inside the five and allow the quarterback to take you down. It was really fun. It was fun to see that, that they're thinking that, at the same time as they come to the sideline. 100 percent You know the defense is gonna go hard on anybody that gets tackled or uh gets pushed out of bounds by the guy that you, that doesn't make tackles, you know. And so I think like we said, he had the moment in his head and and you know, filling the air and it went through his hair and just being able to get a big moment like that, he probably wasn't thinking, Oh, I gotta score. It was just I'm living here. That monkey hopped on his back around the 20 yard line though. Oh, yeah, you realize the field stretch when you're yeah. on a breakaway. You know what I'm saying? Like that that monkey gets real heavy. That's when you take that look back, and most people think you're looking back to see what a defender is that's chasing you now. You're like, man, what is that pulling on me? Like, what just up. jumped Straight on up. me right there, man, because it feels like my body is twice his weight right now. Yeah, man, you know, just luckily, man, uh, they were able to uh, take advantage of it, but Cam Hart or Bo Bauer at this point? Who 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 would you have to go at more? Gotta be Cam, because Cam. What yeah. Are you doing? What are you yeah. Doing? What are you doing? He willingly. Yeah, he 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 even ran a, a couple more yards out of bounds after. He just gave up the egregious mistake. What are you doing? What are you doing? Just gave up the goals. Like I get it if you're trying to seal it if the game is within like eight or something. 
the game blown out. Go ahead and get you run that thing up. Go in the end zone, dance a little bit. You know, we ain't trying to spare nobody. If they Man, wouldn't do it to us, they would not spare us. No team was spared Notre Dame. No, not at all. Week nine, another great weekend of college football. And the week nine top 25 for the AP is out. Georgia stays at number one. Cincinnati stays at number two. Then the Alabama Crimson Tide, they get into the third slot. Oklahoma, of course, rounds out the top four. Then you have the Ohio State Buckeyes who are back in contention. I mean, they are laying the smackdown on the Big Ten right now. It's not even funny. They're just rolling out 50 like it's nothing. Yeah, I mean, but this is okay. how we know what they can do. We know they yeah. can do it. It just, it just so happens they playing a little more uh, competitive knowing that that loss could impact them because they know their schedule's not where it should be from where their talent is. So this is just what we knew what was, what the rankings would be like, maybe just the different top five with Ohio State being in the four if they don't lose that game, you know. So yeah. let's not sleep on Oregon either. Oregon's a, Oregon's a good team. So <laughs> it just shows you the Ohio State is expecting to get in the playoffs every year, and that's the attitude we should carry. But also, you know, the college football playoffs is going to continue to be the college football playoffs. They're not going to have Ohio State far from it. No matter if they got one or two losses, you know they're gonna have them close to it, and they're gonna have Bama uh, in it in it until they somehow take themselves out. Bama got to they please don't put his hand almost, you know. Yeah, Clemson then dropped out of the whole top twenty-five. So rap, and it's it don't even look like they a top twenty-five team it's even at, even at five and two. Yo, like before we move on, you just brought up Clemson, and I'm sitting here thinking like. Is it really as simple as Trevor Lawrence and Travis ATN? Like, especially offensively. Is it really that simple? Well, they had Mike Williams, Deshaun Watson, they had a bunch of guys, a bunch of receivers. Uh the receiver that went to the Bengals, uh T yeah. I mean, they got guys. The the difference was they lost that that front four all American. The, for all four guys went to the league, and they were all four Americans. And then they had two generational talents. You got Trevor and, and Deshaun Watson. Yeah, it's a, a lot of football games you're gonna win with a roster like that. Now they're recruiting fine, but you know it just shows you that some of them teams it takes a special kind of guy to get the right pieces working well together. See, you're you're in coaching now, and you go out and you're looking at youngsters that are trying to come into high school football. So. And I, I think this kind of translates over when you're talking about kids translating to college football. You can look at all the rankings in high school and, you know, how many four stars, how many five stars in the recruiting class for your particular team. But it's really the coaches that can go and find those difference makers. Like, you can have 15 four stars, but if you don't have one difference maker in those four stars, Yes, it's, it's going to hurt your recruiting class. Like each recruiting class, every recruiting class should really have three to four difference makers in it. Yeah. If you're really recruiting well. That's like an LSU every year. LSU of Florida, they get most of these SEC teams have the talent. It just is you got to have somebody pushing the, the, the engine to make it go. Joe Burrow is a perfect example of a guy. 
comes from a talented team, didn't get his opportunity quite right, goes into an opportunity where the talent is there, you know, and, and they gave him the keys and he drove the car great. You know, he was able to do some unbelievable things, but you look back and be like, they those guys were there for three, four years. Yeah. <laughs> you yeah, think, yo, the guy that replaced him, that forced his transfer, came from a situation where he couldn't get playing time at the yeah. school that he was trying to start at. So, yeah, it was like a domino effect. But then you also see playmakers that can make a difference like Rondell Moore at Purdue. He went to Purdue and single-handedly beat Ohio State on right. Purdue. And, right. and Purdue hasn't been close since. So it just shows you that one guy can really make a difference. You look at the guy, Kadarius Tony. I played with him at Florida. He's a single-handed difference maker for the Giants overall. You know, that's a guy that got to get the ball. He was like that at Florida, and so it's good to see him uh, do his thing as well at the Giants. So, yeah, you can look at the four stars, five stars, if you're top ten in a recruiting class. You really need to find out how many difference makers mm -hmm. are in that particular recruiting class and then kind of reclassify it because that's what you need to find. Notre Dame and the youngsters and the impactful youngsters they have. We saw Ramon Henderson come in, be in position to make plays, did call, get called for one particular penalty. Other than that, played pretty well. He's going to be very useful, especially against Virginia and North Carolina coming up. Then on the offensive side of the ball, special teams, you had Lorenzo Styles Jr. returning turning kickoffs in place of Chris Tyree. He probably continues to do that for another week. Chris Tyree might be okay to be in the backfield. I don't know if you want to put him on special teams and waste his efforts there coming off of that turf toe. And then you have Deion Cozy as well, who had a reception against USC. And we saw the speed that Cozy and Styles Jr. possess. You have to be able to get that type of speed on the field. And it just goes to, you know what? They might not have been one of the top five guys in the recruiting class last year based upon the rankings and the recruiting services. But you see they have yeah. the skill set to be difference makers in the second half of this season for Notre Dame. Yeah, you know, half of these guys that are ranking these guys are four and five stars. You take it with a grain of salt. This is just a perspective of one guy that happens to show up at all the camps. And it's a perspective that's valued at this point, but, you know, these are anybody can really go rank a player. It is good yeah. to see, though, the other good thing about recruiting is how players develop within programs and how players fit in type of systems. Mm-hmm. If you're in a good system where you can catch some reverses, a couple bubbles, you can do a couple go routes here and there. Yeah. And it fits your skill set, you'll be able to shine in the system compared to like going to a Wisconsin where you're going to be blocking and running deep posts because you, you know, one on one because you're running the ball all the time. So it is good to see the recruiting for Notre Dame. We're able to find talent on the film without just looking at the numbers and the ratings. Yeah, it's a really good thing. So we look forward to those youngsters making an impact and seeing what they can do under the lights and once again Saturday night as North Carolina invades Notre Dame Stadium. Each and every week right here on the slant, you already know what time it is. It's time for the petty train. It's time to put somebody on the petty train. And uh, the train is always being driven by our head coach at Notre Dame, Brian Kelly. He is without a doubt the conductor each and every week. And this week, it's only right 
that we just smashed the Trojans and we put a Trojan on the petty train. Before we get to the winner this week, there was another Trojan that was in contention, and that's none other than Dante <laughs> Williams, who during his post-game press conference said, "We, I don't feel like we lost this game. I feel like we just ran out of time. Man. Well, guess what, Coach? You were in first place until another Trojan came along and stole the spotlight. Say, hold my beer. Hold my beer to hop on the petty train. I present to you none other than USC Trojan legend Carson Palmer. <laughs> uh, did you have any bets with Notre Dame friends with USC Notre Dame this past weekend? Uh, no, but I bet Notre Dame to cover in one. <laughs> I just figured they were going to blow them out, and I was right. Wow. So you bet against USC. Yeah, I mean, when it comes to now, now with all this online legal betting, when it comes to when it comes down to the money, you got to go with where you think you're going to win, not who you want. That's why you still have all your money. Yeah, I'm yeah. trying to hold on to it. Make some more. Uh, hey, great to talk to you. Are you being um, included in conversations uh, as a sounding board for who should be USC's next head coach? I've been talking to um, a bunch of folks and, and giving input here and there. And um, yeah, I've, I've been as, as, vol as involved as they'll let me be. Okay. Do you want to, is, is James Franklin the front runner as I've reported? Uh, I, I think, I think there's a lot of front runners right now and that's why I like where we're sitting. I mean, we, we had the first hot seat open up. You can't have a so lot that, of front runners, Carson. You can have a front I mean, runner. You've got Penn State, you've got Iowa State, you've got Cincinnati, you've got a wild card like uh, Mike Tomlin. That, that if Mike Tomlin wants out, and and if, I think you know at the end of the day, there is not a direct. That's the guy everybody's pointing their fingers at. There's a there, there's a lot of great options. Has has and Mike USC, Tomlin hypothetically been discussed? Uh I, I'm sure he has. I think I think anybody is a potential candidate right now. And that's what's so great about the job is it can lure an NFL guy in that's tired of their current situation and worried about is Ben Roethl Roethlisberger gone? Is he done? Who are we going to draft? Do I have, does Mike Tomlin have to start over with a first round young rookie quarterback? Mm. You know, everybody's on the table being that that job is so big and so coveted. Um, you know, I think I think there's a bunch of people that that are in the discussion. And once we get to week 16, 17 of the NFL season and the college football season is over, we'll have a direct front runner. Wow. Okay. That's pretty spicy with Mike Tomlin there. I like it. You is that the first you've heard of that? Yeah. Yeah. Uh -oh. <laughs> <laughs> Carson, Carson, Carson. Carson, Carson, Carson. We got to put you on the petty train, man. Why, why are you messing up the man? You are, right now? you are the first, first of all, you are the first person to have two VIP seats on a petty train. Usually it's just one ticket. You know what I'm saying? One one-way ticket. This week, Carson Palmer came with two VIP tickets one way. First of all, you're petty for betting against your own squad. Super. Man, you super petty. Super. Super petty for publicly saying, yeah, man, I took the points. <laughs> it's the and way he said it, though. He said it like, man, I'm not about to lose my money betting on this team. Like, he had no connection 
to the school. I'm like, like oh, that's like. Like my squad is trash. I already yeah, knew. Yeah, and, yeah. and then he used the word, I knew we were going to get blown out. That's what he said. Yeah. He 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 acknowledges that when it comes to that money, it's time to start thinking for real. He is like, let me look at the real matchup. Yo, and you know what? I want to throw in some flowers because the art deco and, and the architecture of his crib right there, that was indeed his crib with the inside brick. I was like, though, with the staircase, I was like, that's kind of dope. <laughs> I like that. He I got like some money car. to make some dope stuff happen, though. That's yeah, sure. I like that. You know what I mean? I don't even know if you were out of Cali, if that's where you at, if that was your second crib, but wherever you were, I like that. That was really dope. So let's get back to why he should be thrown under the bus. No pun intended. Let me tell you something, man. Don't do that. Don't, don't, don't do that. Yeah, don't, don't do, do that. Bro, you knew exactly what you were doing. You knew exactly yeah. what you're doing. Then you tried to play dumb at the end with the uh oh. What, what do you mean? Uh-oh. Uh-oh. You 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 allowed Dan Patrick. Then that footage was now, courtesy of the Dan Patrick. What happened. Carson remembers what happened on that field. Man. Pittsburgh Steelers. He remembers. And he like, he like, you know what? And he I'm late. Even, I'm even petty 10 years, 10 plus years later. I'm even pettier. I'm I'm going yeah. for it all. And I ain't forget what y'all did to your boy. Yo. And he just laid out the full plan. Like, man, you know, maybe you're tired of your situation. Tired of the QB. Tired of the You don't know if you're going to have to come back with the same QB or start over with a new young draft pick. Like, come on, man. Come on. Come on. You you could have chosen a better So nonchalant. Oh, I didn't know. It wasn't out. Oh, really? And Buddy oh. tried to throw him a lob. He was trying to say somebody else. He was like, right. who I think it is. I know. He said, nah, I'm even going to no. give you something I ain't dry snitch. Right. I'll give you a, a little, little extra. <laughs> How you going to get something that's a little extra when you acting like you knew it was already reported? Come right. On. Right. You know what I mean? Dan Patrick tried to help him out. Like, so hypothetically, yeah. has Mike Tomlin been discussed? Yeah. Yeah, yeah it have to have to be right, like because you in there, right? You in there making decisions, right? Come on, come on. First of all, the arrogance that it, it was that was shown right there. Look here, man. It's not your USC right now, bro. And don't speak of no other man job. You no, ever. He broke so many codes, man. It didn't get so many codes and didn't get. No, he didn't care. <laughs> didn't care at all. Didn't care at all. But guess what? Today, the situation got even better. You know why? Because why? Mike Tomlin responded. <laughs> Mike, at any point in your coaching career, did you ever have an interest or express an interest in being a head coach in the college game? And do you have any idea how that may or may not have led to folks like Ryan and Doug Whaley and Carson Palmer connecting you to some college jobs. Hey, guys, I don't have time for that speculation. I mean, that's a joke to me. Um, I got one of the best jobs in, in all of professional sport. Why would I have any interest in coaching college football? Um, that'll be the last time that I address it. And not only today, but moving forward. Never say never, but never. Okay. Anybody else got any questions about any college jobs? There's not a booster with a big enough blank check. Anyone else? All right. Thank you. Anybody asking Sean Payton about that? 
you know, anybody asking Andy Reid about stuff like that? Yeah, that cat Omar Epps was upset. <laughs> hey, that looked like a scene from the movie, though. That looked like a scene M2B. from the movie. That's for him with M2B. That cat oh, Jay Reed. Oh, man. He, you, you felt, I felt like, oh, this is another, this is another classic. <laughs> Yo. The only thing is that he had to do that. He like, hold on now. Man. Who is, why are we talking about, who was Carson Palmer? Right. Man, sitting at home was a nice brick on his wall, staircase. I'm over here in a professional job. He out here trying to out me. Man, I ain't talk. Man, don't have me up here. And he yeah. right. They ain't talking to Sean Payton about none of that. No, they never would. They yeah. never. Why is it making no, Carson Palmer wouldn't have done that to Sean Payton and Andy Reid. He wouldn't have done it. This might somebody doing a Bill Belichick. Yeah, Bill Belichick. Uh, I heard that you about to coach the, the Pee Wee Titans. Uh, on Netflix special for Tiny Titans. Is that true? You're going to lead the Patriots? So it's like Carson Palmer got some explaining to do, man. No, not only does he have explaining to do, if by chance USC had reached out through his agent, man, there's some people out there in L.A. that want to see him today. Well, you know what's so crazy? You know what's so crazy for somebody to be on such an inside you out here spilling the beans like that. And it's like, who's who if you and then on top of that, you spilling the beans, and then on top of that, openly say, Yeah, we suck, we got blown out. I wasn't about to lose no money on this sorry team. Basically, how can USC fans trust Carson Palmer? Man. He already he already ready to bet some money against you quick. Talking about we get the group. I knew I was gonna get blown out. I ain't finna fool with them. And then turn around and say the same thing. Well, you know, I'm on the inside, so. Well, if you're on the inside, then you give it inside information to get bowed out. Right. You're going to be talking to them like, this is how you beat Notre Dame. This is what you need. Clearly, whatever you talking to them about ain't helpful on the coaching side, on the betting side, because you're betting against the team, so you must be out there giving out information. If you just openly, yeah, I, I would never. I mean, fam, <laughs> you should have done more talking to the current USC team to get them prepared for the Notre Dame game. Yeah. During last week, rather than setting yourself up saying, Yeah, I'll come on the Dan Patrick show the Monday yeah. after we get banged up by Notre Dame and I spent all my money betting on Notre Dame. And oh, by the way, I, I'm in the inside. Yes. Let me go ahead. The inside information, we're going to fix the problem so I can start betting again because we're going to get Mike Thomas. I'm just throwing it out there. Right. So, you know what you just did? If by slim chance there was a shot, there is no and shot. And a great coach such as Mike Tomlin. Guess what? Scratch him off the list. Yeah, quick. He's gone. Now go back to James Franklin. How you like them apples? Who lost to Illinois <laughs> in nine overtimes? Go, yeah, there you go. That's yeah. your consolation prize. That's your consolation. You know what I mean? What? And you did all that in 30 seconds, Carson Palmer. That's crazy. Just ruined it all. To your own team. Hey, Pat T. And Mike Tomlin. Man, I'm with you, bro. I understand why you had to say what you had to say. But, man, yeah. you, ain't, you ain't had to bring up Sean Payton and Andy Reid. He was a little petty at the end. He, had to, he had to bring it up, but he had to, he had to really make a point. Of he like, had to make a point. I like my yeah. job, bro. I absolutely. I'm not thinking about nothing. Right. <laughs> he said ain't a booster check alive that could be written. And I don't think that's true. 
because you know if Texas is knocking on that door with the right right amount of money, he'd be wearing that burnt orange. Do I think? Let me be real. For Carson to say what he said, do I think that has been communication? I'm not saying directly with Mike Tomlin. No. But was there a back channel line they, they took throughout? A Somebody took a phone call on his behalf. Was there a feeler put out there? Yes. I, I Yes. Carson Palmer, who admitted, I'm on the inside. Yeah. He ain't going to put it out for it to just completely lie. Right. He no. ain't lie about betting against his own team. No. <laughs> he, he said straight up, I wasn't betting on them. I was never betting on them. Look now, at my crib. Look at my crib. Look at the yeah. design. This is how I'm I got all this said, I'm trying to keep my money. I, That's right. I ain't trying to be. Honestly, he probably said I betted against my team all year. I've been betting against USC all season long. Straight up. And, that, and you know that's good because that was a disclaimer <clears throat> for the next part of the information. So maybe Man. it is some truth to it, which makes it hard because you putting Brother Jobs on the line for no reason. Yeah, man, don't do that. Carson Palmer, yo, USC, you gave us so much this weekend as Notre Dame fans. Gifts and all. Gifts and all. Missed tackles, turnovers, penalties. You gave us everything. And then after the game, Dante Williams was in his own matrix talking about continuing the game. The time ran out. We didn't lose. But old Carson Palmer. Carson Palmer came and doubled down, boy. Double down. Double like, down. down. Just, it was so crazy. I know Shannon Sharp got something to say about it. Oh. Uh, I'm going to speak on it because he's he going to like, why, why are you dry snitching, man? Ain't nobody asked you all that. <laughs> he tried to lob you a question. You took it a whole other way, man. Come on. So the question to you as we get out of here, we get ready to close the slant today. I told you the top five in the AP, top 25. Let me give you six. Six is Michigan. Number seven is Oregon, who gave Ohio State his only loss. That's kind of strange, That's right? True. Oregon came behind Ohio State. Without Kayvon Thibodeau, they did too. Absolutely, at the horseshoe. At the horseshoe. Number eight, Michigan State. Hey, we find out about six and eight this weekend. Now, yeah. We find out what's what with both of those teams this weekend. Number nine, the Iowa Hawkeyes. Number 10, the Ole Miss Rebels. And coming in at number 11, Notre Dame. Now, my question to you and everybody out there, Lucky Lefty Nation, let us know. Hit us up. Shoot us something in the comments. Out of all those teams ahead of Notre Dame, how many teams are Notre Dame currently better than or could Notre Dame beat on a neutral site? Anybody in the top five? Cincinnati's probably the only team. Well, Georgia and they beat us, so I can't say Cincinnati. I'm not saying Georgia. Cincinnati, y'all know where, but neither one of us are saying Georgia. Like, no, no, no. Number two, Cincinnati. Cincinnati. If we play them again, I think we can get with them. But I don't think Cincinnati will finish top five. Alabama, no, no, no. Oklahoma, from what we've seen. We could get with them because you know I'll take. Oh, so are you saying that because of the quarterback change? If it was Rattler, I'll say with a defense like that, I will always take the team that's up there with them in town. Hmm. Hmm. Ohio State. We can get with Ohio State. I think we can play with them. I think 
by that time, I think Cam Hart will be ready. I think if we get healthy, 14 back, he'll be ready. We can we can play with them now. Are we going to win outright? I wouldn't bet money on the game, but I think we'll have a good chance. Don't do don't do the park Carson Palmer, bro. I wouldn't bet against us. I wouldn't don't, don't no bet against us. I, I wouldn't put no money on the game. I just want to see it, you know. Michigan. We'll smack Michigan. Wow. We'll just straight up and down. We'll smack Michigan. Neutral site. Don't matter. We'll Notre Dame Stadium. We'll beat them there. We'll beat them home. We don't matter. Oh, Michigan Stadium. We still smacking. We smacking them too. We're well, not that's, spoken, that's spoken like a true ex player. We not. <laughs> yeah, we not worried about no Michigan. Come no on, love. No, no. Oregon. We'll smack Oregon because they couldn't stop us running, but Oregon will put up some points. So it'll come. It'll come. I feel better about. Would they? Uh, I feel better about Oregon than I would Ohio State, even though Oregon beat Ohio State. I still feel better about Oregon. I feel Oregon. better about Oregon too because I, I right now I think see at that time late in the season I think Stroud will be a much better quarterback than Brown. One hundred percent. Yeah, and you know, look, Thibodeau, you would have to have a game plan for him. You well, know, we, we we're used to playing good players, so yeah. I think that's what I feel better about. I think Ohio State's probably a little bit more foundationally better, but and they might have better players overall. Yeah. But I think we can get definitely with those other teams. Michigan State. I think Michigan State is actually gonna beat Michigan this weekend. Yeah, they they two are the same for me, two of the same coin. I don't think either one of them are good when it matters. So this is always a great game between the two. But once they start playing other teams, it's kind of like whatever. This is when it gets disrespectful. I still don't understand, and I'm sorry, man. This is me being petty. I don't. What are, What are these voters? What are, What are they seeing in Iowa? I think Iowa will make a game with us. You don't think so? I think they make a game with us. No, no way. Let me excuse me. No we way. A no way in H E double hockey sticks. Iowa is making a game. Are you kidding me, man? Iowa is bored enough to get with us 100%. Iowa barely beat Penn State, who just lost to Illinois at home with Sean Clifford. I'm telling you. I'm telling you. I just, you know. This is a neutral site? It don't matter. Iowa's good, man. Oh, bro. You're tripping. You're tripping. Give me, give, me, give, me, give, me, give me your quick run through on how we beat Nile. Which is better. We even run through. I know, I know we got better talent, but how we beat them? Because they not letting that package thing go on with Buckner. So we just talking. I was nice. Okay, listen to me. Listen to me. Listen to me. Do you see anytime you have stud receivers or pass catchers? They cannot stop. They couldn't stop Penn State before Clifford got hurt. They couldn't stop David Bell when he came in with a walk-on quarterback and buzz off the secondary. If they don't put pressure on Jack Cohn, who has played against that defense previously, Notre Dame's offense is carving that secondary up with ease. Who's, who's in Michael Mayer? 
Who's thinking about the Wiggins? Jack Cone got a butter knife. Jack Cone ain't, ain't carving with nothing serious. He but they don't play man to man. They're his own team. Listen to me. That's even worse. Is Jack Cone carving up defenses? Did he carve up Toledo defense? He's putting up 30 on Iowa. I can tell you that. He's not a, a surgeon. He's putting up 30 on Iowa. Not him leading the charge. We're not putting 30 on the Look, road. man, so my, you have Iowa. So basically you're saying Iowa is better than Michigan and Michigan State. Yes. You're yes. crazy. You're out of your Michigan mind. Michigan State are just You're out of your mind. Michigan, You're Michigan State, and Penn State are front run. You remember when uh, Derrick Henry put his whole hand through the Michigan State dude, Calhoun, face mask, that had this 6'8 dude sideways? Look, man. What? I understand, look, I understand the brotherhood. What? I understand that certain things the brotherhood have to always exude for the rest of their lives. I get it. I'm telling you. Your hate for Michigan has to be there. It's not even that hate. Yeah. Michigan got their own issues. I think yeah. Michigan can be great. Okay. If they got, if they, Michigan can be great. Mm -hmm. If they just didn't have such a Dallas Cowboy effect around them. Okay. Okay. Um, you know what? I'm not even going to feed into that. I'm not going to feed into that. But I'll say this. Iowa would have to score, right? Yeah. They doing that with Petrus at quarterback against Notre Dame? Nobody cares about Iowa's quarterbacks. No, no. It matters. You talking about Iowa, you talking about the defense, or you talking about how it was a surprisingly good game. You know what? Would, the Iowa-Notre Dame game would be an exact carbon copy of how the Wisconsin-Notre Dame game went. No way. Carbon copy. No way. Wait a minute. So you think Iowa's defense is better than Wisconsin's? They wouldn't be against us. Okay, man. All right. We'll see how Iowa finishes. With two more losses. You can bank it. You want to side bet? We can side bet it. We can side bet that. We can side bet that. They got two more losses coming. Two more? Easy. Okay. Okay. You got Iowa State one one. But then if they play Iowa State, that's one. But everybody else. They got one cool. when they go to the big house. Shit. Okay, that's a good game. I'm, I'm glad that we get to. And if I'm not mistaken, I think they play Ohio State too. I'm glad, but yeah, I'm glad we get to put the Michigan one because good grief, I'm sick. Of, <laughs> I'm sick of watching Michigan act like they're better than what they are. Fans, what you see before you is man. Be happy. Be very, very happy. Malik Zaire, exemplary in his Michigan hate as a former Notre Dame player. I did not hate Michigan. Michigan. Look, it stems from them never being able to beat Ohio State no matter what they do. So it's like, dang, I can't believe that y'all really in serious contention. Y'all get smacked by them all the time. Okay, I'm 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 wrong. I'm wrong. Looking at the schedule, the schedule is very soft moving forward. They play Wisconsin this upcoming Saturday. After that. They go to a place where historically they have struggled, and that's at Northwestern. Then they play a Minnesota team that is playing much better right now. Then they play Illinois, and they end the season with Nebraska. This schedule is ridiculously soft, so they don't play Michigan. And they still are going to lose two games. 
All right. Well, we got a side bet on. We win it. That's including the bowl game too. Now, look, it doesn't matter. Iowa's okay. nice. Okay. I still, man. I think Notre Dame would be installed if they played Iowa today. Notre Dame would be installed as probably a three and a half point favorite on a neutral field. And I would take Notre Dame in the points. I would, man, I would run with that three and a half. I would be happy to give it to Iowa. Happy. Take it. Here, take these three and a half. Sheesh. It's about to be the easiest bet ever. All right. That's what you say, man. Oh, that's what I know. That's what you know. Okay. That's what I know. We spend it different right here on the slant. Lucky Lefty Podcast. So, what did you learn today on the slant? Despite injuries, Notre Dame goes in to this matchup with North Carolina with some young players playing key roles that should be able to make an impact. Safety position should be able to hold down the fort until Kyle Hamilton gets back. And boy, oh boy, the AP top 25 is starting to look like what it's always looked like, minus one team, which is Clemson. Just Clemson. The usual suspects are still right there. And the Big Ten is about to get into a stage where they beat up on each other. You know, Michigan State and Michigan play Ohio State. Northwestern going to pop somebody and beat somebody up. As they always do. It's probably going to be Iowa. <laughs> probably going to be Iowa. <laughs> More than likely. Uh, it must be because they're too close to Chicago. Like, hey, you I'm just saying, man. Brian Field just does something to good teams late in the season. And no, Pat Fitzgerald. I don't want to call him a great coach. He's a really good coach, and he has an ability to keep his team locked in. Yeah. Like, even when they struggle, they play hard, and they get better. too. And so yeah. We got a lot in state, a lot in green. Yeah, they, and I'm tired of him being rumored for the Notre Dame job. Can we kill that rumor forever? He would never leave. It's not happening. And honestly, I wouldn't want him as a head coach. He's perfect where he's at, though. Yeah. Happy birthday to Notre Dame head coach Brian Kelly. Happy birthday, yeah. He was actually asked about a statement he made when he first got to Notre Dame saying that he didn't see himself coaching at Notre Dame when he turned 60. Well, you're 60, coach. You're still here. He, he, he want that ring and that statue, boy. <laughs> want that ring ring and statue? He got he to get the ring to get the statue. Wait a minute. Lou has a statue, right? Lou has a statue on campus. Uh, I guess. Can we just give him a mural? Like a little graffiti painting or something? That's not good enough. It's not good <laughs> I don't enough. know. I don't know if he deserves well if he wins the national championship. Then he get it. Then he gets it. Because he's an all-time winning this coach. And he would have a national championship. So yeah. Yeah. Well, I guess I, I, I guess I can give it up to him. Yeah, I mean, he's he's doing his thing, man. Hey, how much trouble are the Kansas City Chiefs in? Well, Patrick Mahomes, man, he's living like a mythical character, trying new things here and there. I think he just got to get back in his bag. He'd be all right. The Cincinnati Bengals, man. Your area, baby. Joe Burrow's for real, man. I was telling you before he got hurt, he would have been rookie of the year. 
man is a, it's just a baller, man. You know, some guys just got that in factor. He's proven it time and time again. He's different than a, a regular first-round guy. Big game coming up this Thursday. Aaron Rodgers faces off against the front runner for league MVP, in my opinion. And you were in on him and this team early. We did our NFL preseason preview. Yo, the Arizona Cardinals. Arizona has taken everybody's best punch. They've beaten all of the good teams. And another good team comes out, 7-0, 6-1 Green Bay comes out. I look, Green Bay is like injury plagued and just tore up in the secondary. And when you're going up against Hop and Rondell Moore, and now Zach Ertz, who had a long touchdown in his first game, Kyler Murray just has way too many weapons, man. Yeah, it's his season to win the MVP and go for yeah. the playoffs, and yeah. it's, it's about that time. You know, Lamar had his, but Lamar's still in it. I know they lost to Cincinnati, but they're still in a good position, and it'll be a good finish. Hey, man, rookie of the year race is over. Yeah. It's over. Yeah. It's a wrap. For sure. it's, it's done. We can call it right now. We can go to the cars right now. We can tell everybody else that don't come out. Stay in the corner, Same. however you want to, however you want to call it. It's done. Like what this kid is doing, and the fact that they they passed up on that left tackle, Benay Sewell. Yeah. And yo, listen to that quarterback when Joe Burrow was like, "Yo, get me Jamar Chase." We need a guy. We need a guy. And don't don't trip because T Higgins. Was his guy? It's a good compliment. It's a good yeah, compliment. And Tyler yeah. Boyd and, they, and all those guys they got. Yeah, shocker of a team, Buffalo. All of that. Any chance that Kansas City misses the playoffs? Uh no, the, the league won't let that happen. Oh, now you got the conspiracy going. It's not a conspiracy. You got the Rod. Rod is on the back phone. Like, hey, hey, hey. we're gonna have to do something about this Kansas City Chief thing, man. We got rates to get to. They're going to be on that. Um, uh, I'm January. Yeah, Buffalo Wild Wings pushing and bushing. <laughs> hey, it's the Lucky Lefty Podcast as always. Check us out on Instagram and Twitter at Lucky Lefty Pod. Please subscribe, like, share the Lucky Lefty Podcast YouTube channel. Man, we appreciate you, Lucky Lefty Nation. All of your comments and all of your support. Continue to push and subscribe and watch all of our content. We're also available on Apple Podcasts. You can check us out there. If you're just out and about, want to pop us through your phone, listen to us in the car, or even, you know, you can just tell uh, your smart speaker, yo, pull up Lucky Lefty Podcast. We'll be in your area, all up in your eardrums. All right? So we'll preview North Carolina against Notre Dame coming this Thursday. Thanks once again. From my guy, Malik Zaire, at Overtime Malik, I am Sean Davis, SD2 Mikes. This has been The Slant right here on the Lucky Lefty Podcast. Yep. Yep. You're listening to the Lucky Lefty Podcast with Malik Zaire. Never will there ever be another like me. Um, you can play the left because it ain't no right me. And Sean Davis.